Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I am Dorenda, married to Daryl for 34 years. We have eight kids, ages 19 to almost 33. We have 11 grandkids and I am a 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, and The Four-Hour School Day, all of which you can find on Amazon or at my website, DorendaWilson.com. I've got a new book coming out here real really soon, March 5th, Raising Boys to Men. I am so excited about this book and we are running a really fun incentive. If you will order the book, March 5th or 6th, because pre-orders are not an option because I'm a self-publisher. Amazon does not give us that privilege, but I'd love for you to go March 5th or 6th, purchase the book. When you do that, you can use a link that um, I will leave in the show notes. And what you can do is use that link, put in your order number, and then you will have access, free access to the Unhurried Homeschooler audiobook. So make sure that you purchase the book March 5th or 6th. I am going to send out an email reminder to all my subscribers. So it would be a really great idea for you to subscribe to my email list. When you do that, you're also gonna receive uh, free access to Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschool moms. I'll leave a link here in the show notes. You do need to use that link if you want the freebie. If you want the devotional, you have to use that link. Um, But then once you're on the list, I will be reminding and you'll know the day before the book launches, um, I'll send out something to remind you so you can take advantage of the free Unhurried Homeschooler audiobook. I'm so excited about this. Um, All right, I'm going to be speaking at five events this year. Some of you have been asking. I've got five events planned. I am gonna leave a link in the show notes so you can see if I'm gonna be anywhere near where you are because I would love to connect with you. Also, if you have a teenager, I know many of you do, please stay tuned in after the prayer to hear about an incredible opportunity for your teen from Excel College, one of my favorite, um, I guess beyond high school um, experiences for teens. I love Excel College. Um, I'll leave a link in the show notes to their uh, my episode with them because if you're looking for a college, I'm telling you guys, this is the place for you. Anyway, I'll share with you that um, special opportunity for your teenager at the very, very end of this episode. Also, if you're looking for a great math program, CTC Math provides online video tutorials that make learning math easy and effective by using creative graphics and animation that are sure to grab and keep your child's attention. Here's a great testimonial from Lori. She said, one day my 10-year-old was in tears over math. Oh my gosh, how many of us have been there? She said, I tried my best to help, but ended up in tears as well. That would be me, moms. We prayed together. And that very night, I received an email offer for CTC Math. The following Monday, we we reviewed the curriculum together. My daughter was willing to give it a shot and we have never looked back. Start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Okay, so lately we have been talking a lot about raising and homeschooling boys um, as we anticipate my new book coming out March 5th. Today, we're gonna talk about why and how to keep our little boys busy. But first, one 
resource I really want to share with you, I think is absolutely crucial for every homeschooling family to know about, is heritage defense. Many of you recall the disturbing experience my family had with CPS in 2022. Thankfully, the Lord protected us, but at the time, we did not realize that we could have had full legal representation from the Christian nonprofit Heritage Defense. Membership benefits include 24-7 hotline for when CPS is at the door, full legal representation from the initial visit all the way to court, and legal consultations at no additional cost. All this, you guys, is only 19 bucks a month. Best insurance ever. $190 a year if you buy it up front, a year up front. So I was so impressed by their coverage that I decided to buy a membership for my kids and their families. And I would advise other homeschooling grandparents to do the same. The peace of mind is 100% worth it to learn more or apply for membership, visit heritagedefense.org, which you can find in the show notes. And I want to remind you that our incident wasn't a school-age child. This was a newborn. We never thought to have any kind of protection because it was their first baby. We were thinking, you know, we might need something for homeschooling, but never imagining that CPS would ever be on our front door. And let me tell you what, if I could go back and do it over again, I would so have bought a membership for our kids before they had their first baby. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you. Um, So let's talk about the topic because this is a topic I am so passionate about. You know, we hear so much about how destructive boys can be. And often the first thing that comes to mind is, to my mind at least, is whether or not these moms really understand their boys and how to direct their fantastic God-given energy. In other words, are they doing, are moms doing anything to help their boys be productive? And so this is the challenge of being the, a mom to a boy. So let's talk about, first of all, why is it important to keep our boys busy? Well, I talk about this a lot in the book, but boys are mission-oriented, okay? So our job is to provide them with missions continually. This doesn't mean that we're always directing them constantly, 100% of the time. I still think that they need that margin in the afternoon that I've talked about for years where kids have time to basically create their own missions. But I did, you know, really encourage our kids to have a mission during that time. Come up with something. You know, don't don't just stand around and be bored. Find something to do. Find something to create. And, you know, our kids really, really valued that time. And as adults, they have thanked us over and over again for giving them that time. But there is a big portion of the day that needs direction, especially for boys, because they have so much energy. And what ends up happening is as they are trying to build, protect, lead, provide, and conquer, which are all the things they were made to do by God. And these are the things I talk about in my book. um, They often do those in a a way that isn't helpful or it's ill-timed or it's not the right situation. And so often, When they're doing things that we look at them and go, what in the world and why? If we will ask ourselves, are they in some way, shape or form trying to build, lead, protect, provide or conquer? 
that can help us. It can help direct us and help us understand what they're doing. We can even ask them questions. So what exactly were you thinking? Why did you, why were you trying to do this? And listen to their answers with that thought in mind that they're probably trying to lead, build, provide, protect, or conquer in one way or another. That will help us tremendously in understanding them and not being so annoyed and put off by some of their impulsive behavior. And um, again, we need to go back to the fact that boys are mission-oriented. It doesn't matter really how young they are. I mean, down to little toddlers, they are mission oriented and our job is to provide them with missions continually. So if you'll remember back on the episode that just came out not that long ago with Mark Hansen from Trail Life USA, we talked about the importance of getting our boys outside. And one of the things that he said is there's usually three questions that are constantly lingering in a little boy's mind that continually need to be answered by us as their parents, okay? Number one, who is in charge? Number two, who is on my team? And number three, what are we doing or what is our mission? So those are the things that we need to to bear in mind as we're directing our little boys. So our boys are gonna be asking without asking. They may not use words. They're not going to use words. They're going to act out the question, who's in charge, who's on my team, and what are we doing? What is our mission? So we want to make sure that they always know that we're in charge, unless we've put them in charge of something. Um, But ultimately, we are in charge as parents. Number two, who's on my team? We want to be on the same team with them. So we want to be working with them not in opposition to them if we can help it. Now, there are times that we definitely need to exert our authority as a parent. We need to correct. We need to discipline, that kind of thing. But as much as possible, if we can get them to feel like we are on the same team and that we are um, oriented towards a certain mission, um, it's going to make a huge difference. And the mission needs to be as meaningful as possible. But for a little boy, it can be the smallest thing. So let's start um, when we, as we're equipping them with a mission, let's, let's start by talking about how do we do that, okay? So first, we shoulder them with age-appropriate responsibilities as soon as possible possible. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an example. My grandson, who's 15 months old, was following me around. Now, sometimes they'll follow you around in wine. And what I did with him would work for that as well. Unless, you know, obviously, unless they need something or they're sick or whatever. A lot of times it doesn't take care of it. But many times when they're just bored, they want a mission, even at 15 months old. So he was kind of following me around. And I said, come on, Van, come into the, into the laundry room. And I opened up the deep freezer and I got a couple pounds of ground beef out and I handed him one of them. I said, can you carry that for me? And we grabbed it right away. We both marched into the kitchen. I held a bowl for him to drop it into. I told him, I said, put it, put it in the bowl. And then I put mine in the bowl. And then I said, good job, Van, way to go. So tons of that kind of stuff for our little guys is so incredibly helpful. I'm already shouldering him with some age-appropriate responsibility as soon as possible. His mom does the same thing. Um, he, He hands her dishes out of the dishwasher as she's putting it away. 
Does it make it take longer for her to get the dishwasher unloaded? Absolutely. But she's communicating with him. He's using hand-eye coordination. He's got a mission. All of these things are what fulfill a little boy's need to be a producer. And that's what we want to do. We want to we want to raise producers, not just consumers. Obviously, we're all going to consume to a certain degree. But I think the goal should be that we we ourselves are producers and our children are raised to be producers. Um, I just think that's biblical. Okay, so another way that we can make these missions as a uh, or the way that we can help shoulder them with responsibility and help them have a mission is number two, to have chores and errands and jobs, maybe even jobs that dad leaves for them to do. So my my husband would do that sometimes when he was going to be gone. He would say, um, okay, here's a few things I need you boys to do while I'm gone. And it gave them a mission to get it done before he came back home. <coughs> so there was a time frame. There was a mission from dad, which seems to always be extra special. But we want to make sure that we are shouldering them as early as possible with responsibilities. And so much of that happens through chores. So we want to give them age-appropriate chores, which I'm going to share in just a few minutes here, just in actually just a minute or two. Um, some different activities and chores that are age appropriate. And I'll share where I got them and leave a link in the show notes so you can go get this printout if you want to. But what our boys need to know is what is expected of them. It needs to be clear, the what, the where, the why, the how, all of that. Okay, And sometimes when I would put my chore list together or my chore chart together, I would let them do it with me. I'd tell them what I was doing and we would talk about what their responsibilities would be. And then if they were hesitant about the responsibilities that I was giving them, um, I would work to try to make the mission as meaningful as possible. So you can do that with the chore aspect. You can also do it with things you ask them to do. For instance, if you've got a a son and you're asking him, can you please go get a diaper and wipes for the baby? And he's kind of like, eh, you know, I don't really want to. Say, listen, you know what? Our little baby needs your help. Our baby needs a fresh diaper Notice how I said our baby. Our baby needs a fresh diaper. And if we don't change him soon, he's going to get really sore and uncomfortable on his bottom. Do you want that for him? So you're turning it into a question and you're encouraging ownership and you're teaching your your son to, to care. And also you're explaining what his mission is. His mission isn't just to get a diaper. His mission is to save his little brother or sister from a sore behind. And so just it's little things like that that make such a difference when we're raising our boys. Okay, so let's talk about some of the activities, the chores, the things that little boys or girls can do um, at two to three years old. They can put toys in a toy box. They can stack books. They can put clothes in the dirty laundry. They can throw trash away, carry firewood, fold washcloths, set the table, fetch diapers and wipes like I just mentioned, dust baseboards. Now, they may not do a perfect job of these things, but oh my goodness, 
the skills that are already beginning to be acquired at two and three years old and this sense that they are part, an important part of something that's bigger than themselves. And you start that at a really early age and oh my goodness, the level of confidence that these kids end up with is pretty amazing. And I have watched it happen repeatedly with my own children. Now I'm seeing it with my grandchildren. So let's talk about four to five years old. Okay, so a four to five-year-old can feed the pets, wipe up spills, put away toys, make the bed, straighten the bedroom, water house plants, sort clean silverware, prepare simple snacks, use a handheld vacuum, clear the kitchen table, dry and put away dishes, disinfect the doorknobs, A six to seven-year-old can fold towels, gather trash, dust and mop floors, empty the dishwasher, match socks, weed the garden, rake leaves, peel potatoes or carrots, make salad, replace the toilet paper roll. Eight to nine years old, they can load the dishwasher, change a light bulb, wash the laundry, hang and fold clean clothes, dust the furniture, spray off the patio, put groceries away, scramble eggs, bake cookies, walk dogs, sweep the porches and wipe off the table. So a lot of these things that I just mentioned, you can make part of their daily or weekly routine. But the idea is that we as moms keep an eye out for anything that they can do for us, especially when they're provoking, getting into trouble, being argumentative, et cetera, or when you just have that gut feeling that their energy is about to be misdirected. So one example of that... (coughs) One example of that would be you're headed to the grocery store. So the first thing that I always did with our kids when we were going anywhere was to give them a heads up on the way with reminders of do's and don'ts. So, okay, we're going to the grocery store. We're going to get out of the car and we're going to walk through the parking lot what are you supposed to do? Whatever your rules are, you go over them. Whether it's we hold mom's hand, we hold each other's hands, we don't run, we stay with mom. And when we get into the, and then you go on to say, when we get into the store, what do we do? We stay close to mom, we hang onto the cart, whatever the rules are, um, whatever you've told them and established ahead of time. And um, you can ask them questions. Do you get to run and go grab something off the shelf? And they can say, no, that we are not, we're not allowed to do that, okay? So it's refreshed in their minds every time you go somewhere. So we often expect our kids, especially uh, our little ones even, to remember from one grocery store visit to the next, what the rules are. Well, most of the time, they're not going to remember it. And we can we can really prevent a lot of disaster by letting them know ahead of time and reminding them, talking about it in the car, what's expected of them, what they can do and what they cannot do. So when you go into the store, there is no reason that they cannot obey the things that you have established, okay? Now you have a clear cut path to disciplining if they disobey because you just went over all of it and they might still forget when they go in, but they will remember if you are willing to haul them out of the store to do whatever it takes to make sure that they follow those rules and that consistency is established. That is incredibly important. So we talked about some of the rules of staying with us, all of that, but we can also engage 
our little boys in missions, small missions within our grocery store run, things like letting him load the items into the cart, helping us find specific products, asking questions along the way, praising them along the way. You're doing such a good job of staying with me. Way to go. Um, You know, things like, can you stand here with your brother while I walk over there and get that item over there. Please stay with him. Okay, so things like that. So you've got little mini missions within your big mission, okay? And yes, it does take longer, but you are teaching your child so much and you are keeping your son specifically engaged in a mission throughout that process. So things like, okay, we need that can of Hunt's spaghetti sauce. Do you see the can that says Hunt's on it? Okay, now we're looking at, you know, recognizing letters and and they're looking like a Where's Waldo kind of thing. So they're using like their eyes to really like ferret out what they're looking for. All of these things keep that energy moving in a good, productive direction. And again, we're asking questions along the way. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And we're, again, we're praising along the way as well. Um, so, you know, we give them things to carry. Um, our, one of our grandsons loves to go out into the chicken coop every morning and bring whatever eggs he can find out there. Now, it's not actually his job to do that, but he loves when he can find an egg and bring it to us. <coughs> So, um, you know, again, it's that little mission that he has. And it's hilarious because he goes, he's not very big. He's just a little guy, right? He walks all the way out to the chicken coop. He gets whatever eggs are there. He comes to the front door. I have a very heavy storm door. And I'll hear that storm door open. And he'll get the front door open. The other day he had like three eggs across his forearm and one in his hand and his other hand. And somehow he was able to get that storm door open and get into the front door, which is also quite heavy to open. I was just amazed, but this is all like hand-eye coordination and he was on a mission. So he was doing whatever it took to get those eggs to me. I make such a big deal out of it every day when he does it. He comes into the entryway, he kicks off his boots, which I really appreciate. He walks, he does not want me to take the eggs from him and put them in the cartons on the on the table. He wants to do it, but he knows he can't wear his boots in the house. So he takes his boots off. He walks back there with those eggs and he puts them in the carton. He loves it. But that's just such a beautiful, perfect example of a little boy on a mission. Um, Another thing we can do, you know, maybe you're sitting here going, I don't know if I can think of that many things to do. I'm telling you, even if it's hauling rocks from a pile of rocks, if you have to go buy a pile of rocks and, and they haul the rocks from one side of the yard to another, or you say, hey, I want you to make... Uh, something with these rocks, or I want you to create a little flower bed with these rocks and we'll plant some flowers and give them something to do. Um, Have a list of extra chores ready all the time. I did that so much of the time. I had closets that always needed to be organized. You know, a lot of times the towel cupboard gets um, in the kitchen or the towel cupboard in the bathroom gets out of hand. Just have them go in there, fold things up make it neat and tidy. Um, there's weeding um, and many of the things that I listed earlier um, that just need to happen regularly. And sometimes we just have a hard time getting to them like spraying off the patio. Okay, you have that as an extra job. And when they're provoking or not using their energy in a good way, 
um, we help redirect that energy towards something productive. But here's the thing, moms, we cannot let our emotions run the show, specifically fear. And the fear often is that we're a mean mom, that our boys are going to hate us, that we don't really have the authority that God has given us. I struggled with that one too, because I wanted so much to have a good relationship with my kids that sometimes I had a hard time hanging on to and making sure that it was clear that I had the authority that God has given me. We do not want to give that up because that is a God-given authority that is meant for the good of the family and the good of the children. Specifically today, we're talking about our sons. So um, in my book, I talk about respect and responsibility and the respect going both ways, where I'm respecting the fact that they are boys and the way that they're wired, but they're also respecting me as their mom. That is super important to establish and keep that respect in the relationship with our sons. And that starts at a very early age. Sometimes it even requires us, especially as they get a little bit older, to have a bit of a sergeant approach. We have to make things very clear I mentioned this earlier, the what, the when, the where, the how, and the why. We don't always have to give the why. So don't let them engage you in a big verbal, you know, um, volley back and forth. There's a point at which I, there were, sometimes my boys would try to do that. And it was their way of trying to put it off or get out of it. And I would say, no more, go do the job now. And if they argued with me, I would say, Okay, when you're done with that job, I want you to come back to me because I have another job for you. And this is something that um, a mom actually reached out to me recently and she said, you know, every time I tell my kids to do something, they give me an excuse. They tell me why they shouldn't have to do it. They drag their feet. Um, They tell me why I shouldn't be the one doing it. And my response to her was super simple. I said, the next time that happens, just say, okay, when you're done with that job, you need to come to me and I'm gonna give you another job. And basically what we're doing is we're retraining them to obey us, to do what we've asked them to do without complaining and arguing because scripture's real clear that they're not supposed to do that. And so in order to retrain them, if maybe they've forgotten, they need a little practice. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a training session. So having... um, A chore list can be super helpful in making sure that our boys know the what, the when, the where, and the how, okay? We can discuss the whys at times, but that's not really the front and center when it comes to keeping them on a mission and, and when it comes to chores. They need to know the what, they need to know when, they need to know where, and they need to know how, okay? So... Now, I've talked a lot about work, talked a lot about chores. Um, That can sound kind of negative, but it does truly instill a strong work ethic in our kids. But sometimes we need to keep them busy with fun things, right? So I got this little list of things from todaysparent.com and I'll leave a link in the show notes if you wanna go to the article. It's not a Christian article or anything, but they had some really fun ideas and I'll share those in just a minute. Some of the ideas that I had were these, to fill the kitchen sink with soapy water and give him measuring cups, spoons, and mixing bowls. That's always fun because there are lots of hand-eye coordination and learning measurements and things like that. (coughs) Of course, Play-Doh and clay, we could ask him to build something specific, something related to an interest of his. Now, I'm not saying that as we're 
giving them these fun things to do that we have to be entertaining them all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think we need to intersperse fun things with the chores and the, you know, the work. Um, Another thing to give them, hammers, nails, tools, real life things or things that simulate real life as much as possible. Um, Okay, so here are some of the ideas from the article that I mentioned. Talk in monster voices together during Grumpy Drives Home. Um, Show your kids how to do Darth Vader voices into a fan. Slide into sleeping bags head first and crawl around on the floor pretending to be giant blind slugs. Make punk hairstyles with shampooy hair in the tub. Turn off the lights and have a dance party with flashlights. Make mud soups with flowers, leaves, sticks, pieces of paper, old dry beans, anything you can find. Put a blanket over the crib and turn it into a house. Build a fort with, the, with couch cushions, blankets, tables, chairs, and the mop. Talk very seriously to the stuffed animals or make them talk to each other. Take a marshmallow and squish it into goo. Take the kids for random surprise ice cream coats. Play tag or hide and seek around the house to get out their energy. Tape giant sheets of craft paper up so kids can feel like they're coloring over the walls. Another idea, and this is my own that I'm adding, take a large box and put them in it with crayons to color the inside of the box. Another thing we can do is grab books and read um, good stories to them about heroes, heroes of the faith. Um, We can go actually to the scripture and read war and battle stories from the Bible, Gideon, David, Joshua, all of that. Um, But the idea is we're directing that energy. So one of the things that I I just want to remind you as I've given you these ideas, again, it's not so that you have to entertain them all the time, but you can get the ball rolling and leave them and let them just have fun with it. So Um, these are great. I love all these ideas. They're really fun and they don't take a lot of money or time or energy. (coughs) All right. So the last thing I want to talk about, um, or actually I have a a few more things. I have some verses I want to share as well, but I want to talk about, um, I mentioned earlier being consumers versus producers. So let me just expound on that a little bit. So a consumer mindset Um, I want to explain what this is. So we are all consumers. We spend our days reading, listening, eating, and buying, and we buy things sometimes we don't need to make us happy in a constant consumption of newer and better things. Um, We work to afford the newest clothes, nice car, expensive dinner out, but none of those actually add happiness to our lives. Um, True happiness comes from helping others, from carving out our own path. It comes from the confidence gained by knowing that you can succeed in whatever you're doing. So if we remain a consumer or only a consumer, we're not going to be fulfilled because it's not what God made us for. Because a consumer can never get enough. They can never be truly happy. They're always looking at the world through the lens of what they can get from it instead of what they can give to it. And that information I got from um, a consumer versus producer change in mindset uh, that they say will change your life, which I believe that um, that is a very powerful thing. This is not a Christian article, but I'll leave a link in the show notes in case you're interested in looking at it. Um, but I look at it through the this article through the lens of scripture. We were made to produce. We were made to create. We were made to fill the spaces with our creativity. And so um, that's what we want to point our kids to. So I talked about the consumer mindset versus a producer mindset. And what that article had to say was that producers on the other hand, strive to make something valuable to others. They receive their payment not only monetarily, but through the confidence 
that in themselves that they don't require anyone else to survive in this world. And so I can absolutely vouch for that because we raised our kids um, on a homestead with animals and all kinds of problems that came up, inclement weather, uh, power outages, things like that, that weren't always easy to do with kids. Um, what we saw happen was that our kids, because also because we kept them moving in a direction of being productive, they don't feel afraid in the world they live in right now. They know that if something happened, they are problem solvers and they will figure it out and they will help each other figure it out. And that's what we want. We want that producer mindset. So keeping our boys busy will help create a producer mindset instead of a consumer mindset. Our boys will grow in confidence, skills, perseverance, resilience, and have opportunities open up to them that they wouldn't have otherwise. So keeping them busy not only keeps helps keep them from wreaking havoc, it will also help prepare them for the future one task at a time. So let's go over some scriptures real quickly before we wrap things up here. Proverbs 12, four, sorry, Proverbs 14, 23 says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So this is an initiator. This is someone who produces on their own, on, on their own initiative. <clears throat> Titus 3.14, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Galatians 6.9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So work teaches our kids delayed gratification, understanding that we are sowing seeds and we're watering them. We don't always get a result. We don't get a result right away a lot of times. So we they learn that through work and through having a producer mindset as opposed to a consumer mindset. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. I have read in the Matthew Com Henry commentary about this idea. And it was so good because he it basically said, look, when we get to heaven, you know, um, we don't know. I guess I don't really know what heaven's gonna be like. I have actually heard that there will be working going on and there will be knowledge being learned. But um, I think the point of this verse is, look, you've got good work in front of you to do right here and right now. So do it. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, right? So that's what we want to encourage our kids to do. In Proverbs 16, verses two to three, Commit your works to the Lord and he will establish your plans. So what the verse says is all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to instill in our boys a strong work ethic um, that we actually are equipped to raise these boys in a way that moves them toward being producers, not consumers, um, toward a fruitful life. But God, it, it can be so challenging at times. I pray for every mom listening that as she listened to this podcast and as she prays and processes it, that you would just bring back to her mind 
the direction that she needs specifically for her own sons to help keep them busy, to help keep them on a mission, to grow them into mighty men of God who are um, able to do so many things. And so I just pray that you would um, give them the strength and the wisdom that they need and just bless the socks off of them, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to raise these boys for you. Help these moms to just really, I guess my heart, Lord, is just that each and every mom would see the potential they in their sons. They would see uh, what you have created in them and then be able to engage that in a way that leads these boys toward uh, from being little boys to productive, fruitful men. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me share with you this wonderful teen um, resource. I want to actually share with you about Christine from Colorado who shared about her son, Ben's time at Excel's summer leadership camp. She said Ben's experience at the summer leadership camp took him to another level of maturity and confidence in himself, which he didn't realize he had. If he could have, he would have stayed in North Carolina to glean all there is to glean from the leaders at camp and within the college. 10 out of 10 recommend. So as parents, we look forward to the day that our teens see themselves as as the leaders they truly are in Christ. Sometimes it takes stepping out of their comfort zone for them to realize who they are. That's why my friends at the XL College are hosting a summer leadership camp for teens ages 16 to 19 years old, where they will learn to discover God's truth, discern wisely, and live wholeheartedly. Are you ready to see your teen grow and thrive? Apply now at thexlcamp.org and select Dorinda Wilson for $100 off the camp. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Have a great day, moms. 